Hey, this is Red Beach from Winger and from Whitesnake, and you're listening to Hard, Heavy, and Hair with Pariah Burke. Hard, Heavy, and Hair, badass music for badass listeners. This is your host, Pariah Burke. Red Beach is a phenomenal guitarist, and he's played with some of the best in the rock world. All those killer winger solos and riffs? That's him. He's also the lead guitarist and co-writer for Whitesnake and for Black Swan, the 2020 supergroup making pure 80s rock music. Reb has played with everyone from Alice Cooper to the Bee Gees, Shaka Khan to Twisted Sister, Danger Danger to Howard Jones, and with Roger Daltrey on the Lost Boys soundtrack. Yesterday, I had the honor of talking with Reb from his home in Pittsburgh about writing new music with Whitesnake and Winger, his solo instrumental record, joining Joe Satriani's G3 guitar tour, his surprising review of the reactive load box, the candid truth about why he can't remember riffs he just played, and the bombshell news of two other albums he's working on for 2022. Become a hard, heavy, and hair backstage VIP at patreon.com slash pariah rocks. I'm Pariah Burke, host of the Hard, Heavy, and Hair Show, and I'm very excited to be joined by one of my favorite guitarists, Reb Beach, lead guitarist for Winger, Whitesnake, and many other projects. Reb, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Pariah? It's good to talk to you today. Thank you. Yeah, I'm doing great. So the first thing I wanted to ask you is... A View from the Inside, your, a new solo album, an instrumental, you released that on Frontiers. How did that come mm-hmm. together? It was just, you know, like a pet little project of mine that I had been doing for years. You know, when Winger broke up in like 93, uh, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And, and I, was, I had this kind of music that was just instrumental. I was really into Joe Satriani at the time. And I was thinking, maybe I can be like a Joe Satriani guy who's, you know, that's always cool because all of a sudden Winger was uncool and Beavis and Butthead and Metallica and everyone was making fun of us. And I'm like, well, no one will make fun of like a Joe Satriani guy. So I kind of, you know, kept on writing that stuff. Um, and, but then I got Alice Cooper and went on the road forever. And um, it just became this kind of project of mine. I made a demo, though, and I sent it around in like 94. And uh, everyone liked it, but um, wanted something with vocals, you know. So um, I took that demo and I, and I put it for sale on my website and it sold like hotcakes. And I got all these letters from people like, this is what you should do. This is the best thing you've ever done. Um, so, you know, I told myself that one day I would release the record and something always came up, but it was just something that I worked on late at night for years. And then uh, when COVID hit, I was talking to Kip about what we were going to do. And he he said, what happened to that instrumental stuff you're always working on? I said, oh, that's done. It's been done. It's sitting on my hard drive. And he said, why don't you release it? And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. So that's how that came to be. Right on. So kind of a a labor of love and something you worked on for quite a while. Is it all you playing on it or did you have other musicians joining you? Um, it started as, as all me, you know, the demos were all me. And then, um, you know, I wanted a real drummer and my favorite drummer lives here in Pittsburgh, Dave Throckmorton, and he's famous around town. Just, um, I, I play in a little band with him just to get the opportunity to play with him. 
And then uh, someone told me about Steve Vai's bass player. Um, and, you know, I, I, I called him up and um, he was into it. And so I was really happy for that. And, and, uh, and I used a bass player around here. And, um, you know, that was uh, pretty much it, uh, except for Kip had a friend who played old school keyboards because there's a lot of old school kind of uh, funk songs on there. So I needed a guy who could play organ and like, you know, funky roads and stuff. And, uh, and so I, we, we did that. <laughs> it's so long ago. My God, like that record, when did it come out? It wasn't that long ago, but I haven't even done an interview for it in a long time. Philip Bino was the, was the bass player. Oh, okay. Was it October? Yeah, I think that was in October and, uh, and it got good reviews and I'm really glad it's out there. You know, I wanted, I wanted to have that CD so that if there was ever an opportunity to go on one of those guitar tours, like with Joe, you know, uh, the G3 and all that. And, you know, sometimes um, there's a couple different ones, you know. And so I always wanted to have an instrumental record just so I could, uh, you know, maybe do one of those tours. I'd love to do a tour with just playing guitar and not have to worry about singing, you know? Yeah. Have you approached Joe about it? I did. Yeah. I sent him the CD and, um, and he said, look, he told me before I did the CD, he said, if you, you know, are, you know, if you're interested in doing this kind of thing, you know, you need an instrumental CD. He said, I, I would have maybe brought you out on one of them, but you have to have kind of an instrumental thing going on. So that was another motivation to do the record. Um, and so now here it is. And who knows with, uh, with, you know, winger and white snake and thing, things going the way they are now, if I'll ever be able to do that, but I certainly would love to do that one day. I hope you get to, that sounds like it'd be an awesome time. It'd be so much fun just playing with other guitar players and playing instrumental music. So it's only been a few months since a view from the inside was uh, came out, but has that caused a pickup in your guitar lesson business? I know you give lessons. I do. Yeah. Um, you can just email official red beach at gmail.com and, and, uh, contact me but yeah it did well for the lessons actually um okay. i got i don't know maybe 10 new students from it right on and they want to learn stuff from it which sucks because it's really hard <laughs> i have to go back and you know some of those solos i did years ago and have to go back and learn them by the way i didn't mention philip bino on bass and paul brown was the keyboard player okay Go, you said you have to some of the for the lessons you have to go back and uh, kind of relearn some of the things you played on the album. That puts me in mind of something Kip said in an interview. I know it is already. That, um, <laughs> I hope it's not. You know, no, it doesn't. I hope you're not sick no, of hearing it's true. it. True. Is it that I can't remember anything like a minute after I play it? Yeah, which to me sounds like you just get into the creative groove and just play. Is that what it is? Yeah. You know, I smoked a lot of weed and drank a lot of beer in my life. So my brain is completely fried, but I'm really good at coming up with guitar riffs. So I sit there and just play guitar and all these guitar riffs come out and I don't know if they're good or bad until Kip goes, what's that? You know, 
and but he has to record me the whole time because I won't remember what I played, you know. So it's just we, we have to deal with my brain when we're writing. Gotcha. <laughs> but I'm good at coming up with guitar riffs. That's that's one thing I'm good at. Yes, you are. I've I've been listening to your music, you know, since the beginning of Winger. Oh, that's great. So speaking of Winger, you were just in Nashville, you said writing with Kip. Is this for a new Winger album? Yeah, I've been going back and forth there. I've been there like eight times, I think now. And um, it's a it's a labor of love, but it's really hard work. It's a lot different than doing some of the other projects I've done because Kip is very serious about the music. And um, it has to be spectacular. And a lot of the stuff that was good stuff is just completely, you know, stuck in the recycle bin. Um, and, you know, that's great. It's going to be a really good record, but it's super hard work um, because he has a very high bar. You know, the winger, there really isn't a bad winger record. And you can tell a lot of work goes into it. And it, it's, you can tell that a real composer and a real arranger made those songs. You know, it doesn't sound like your typical 80s rock band. It's definitely more progressive. Um, and you can hear Kip's influence in the writing. You know, and he's also writing a concerto at the same time. So oh, he's, really? you know, seriously stressed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he won a, He was nominated for a Grammy for his classical record. That he did oh, with a 76. That. Yeah, he did it with a 76 piece orchestra, the Denver Symphony Orchestra. And, uh, he wrote the whole thing. It's, he's written, he wrote a, um, what is it? It's like a musical. He wrote a Broadway musical. Um, nothing really happened with it, but it took him four years. He wrote all the lyrics, and, you know, unbelievable, man. He's, he's, he's just like a genius. Is he keeping everything completely separate or are you starting to see more classical influence come into what he's writing with you for Winger? Nope. There, there's he he keeps it completely separate. He okay. knows I will. Yeah, he knows it has to rock. He likes it heavy, and but you know I bring in guitar riffs all the time, and and he's like, no, 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 save it for Black Swan, give it to David Coverdale, no, because um, it has to be like you know don like something really mean and heavy, and he likes weird notes. And, <laughs> he's he's going he's he's focusing on a on a different sound this time, but you know we have to keep it something that you can sing along to and something that obviously has a good hook. You know, winger songs are always that way. You know, we'd love to have that big hit that nobody seems to have from our genre anymore. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Let me ask you: Gene Simmons keeps saying rock is dead. Alice Cooper you know, before the Grammys said, uh, rock isn't dead. It's just on the outside again. You know, we're rock is not at the Grammys. We're looking in from the outside and that makes rock more dangerous and more likely to grow. And I'm paraphrasing of course, but what's your opinion on that? Well, my publishing checks are bigger than they've ever been. People, you know, COVID really helped. Like everyone went back to their eighties, you know, <laughs> and started playing winger um, and white snake, you know, so, um, it's, I know there's a, there's still a, a, a big, um, 
group of people in the world that love their eighties rock. And I'm sure that if there was a tour that it would sell out, I mean, I I don't know what he's talking about. I just went to see kiss the last time they were here in Pittsburgh and it was sold out. And, um, you know, people, I think people want to see that kind of music um, because it's good time rock and roll. You know, like I don't like that kind of depressing '90s stuff that put me out of work for so long. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm an '80s guy with you know big hair. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. So you're seeing a lot of interest in the '80s stuff. Are you seeing, it, which is a sound that you you guys are continuing with new albums? Are you seeing interest in some of the later albums, like 2019's White Snake record, Flesh and Blood? Is that getting a lot of popularity, or is it just the older stuff? Well, it did really well. I mean, it didn't, you know, go platinum like the older stuff, but you know, definitely did well. Um, that record, Flesh and Blood, did really well. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I watch the charts. I see how the records do, but I was curious from the, you know, from an inside perspective, if you're feeling like it was doing really well. Well, I've signed a hell of a lot of them, and I still get publishing checks from it, and. Um, you know, like more than I've ever gotten on a winger record for sure. You know, oh, wow. Yeah, it, you know, it's White Snakes sells more records. Or is a bigger band, obviously, than than Winger. But you know, Winger's all my best friends, and Kip's my best friend. I talk to him literally every day. He's like my rock, you know. And then we all—it's so weird, you know—we're all original members. And um, when we're on the road, when we do a show together, we do breakfast, lunch, and dinner together. We just, we're like four <laughs> best friends that just hang out together. No other band that I know is like that. You know, there's always one jerk in the band. Um, not with Winger. Well, that's great to hear because it, what was that song? Motley Crue put out a song on Saints of Los Angeles. Uh, there was a lyric that said something like, if we go another mile, we're going to kick each other's ass. You know, and it was about the, the tension that builds up on tour between the guys. So it's really great to hear that you're all still friends in winger and that you still hang out. It's rare. You not just play on stage and go in your separate directions as soon as the show's done. Yeah. I'm not, you know, I've been in a bunch of bands where it's hard when you put four guys together, you know, there's always going to be someone who doesn't get along. So we got lucky. You know, we were all, kind of, you know, nice guys and uh, talented guys who had been in the business and knew how to work with other people. Right on. And you've, you've worked with a lot of people from uh, Howard Jones to the Bee Gees to Roger Daltrey, one of my heroes. Um, and you've played in Dokken and Alice Cooper and, and the Mob Supergroup. Are there any artists or bands with whom you haven't yet played that you'd really like to? <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Aerosmith fan. That would be, you know, the, the ultimate dream come true. I could, you know, I can already die a happy man. I've met most of my uh, heroes and uh, I've played the biggest stages in the world for 20 years or more. And, um, you know, I'm I'm really happy with how my life, well, with how my musical life turned out. And, uh, you know, that would just be cool to 
to play jam with Aerosmith, you know, Brad Whitford broke his hand <laughs> just for a couple shows. <laughs> uh, well, Brad is the nicest guy ever. And I got to hang with him a lot. Well, if he hears this, you might be getting a phone call. Yeah, no, sorry, Brad. I don't want you to break your hand. <laughs> I'd like to go back and touch on Winger. So you were working on new material with Kip. Is this an album we're likely to hear before the end of the year or maybe a little bit longer? Yeah, he definitely wants it before the end of the year. That's good. Probably in the fall. I mean, we've got 16 songs and he's just, you know, doing lyrics now and lyrics and melodies. I'm going in to, to do solos next week so it's all coming together do you have a tentative title yet nope oh yes wait am i allowed to say it oh i'm not allowed to say it (laughs) oh come on you can trust me i'll only tell a few million people (laughs) right yeah i have to ask him if i'm allowed to say it because i have a big mouth and i i have to you know uh test it first. I have to ask questions first to make sure that I'm allowed before I say anything in interviews. Gotcha. I totally get that. Uh, so what about White Snake? The the Red, White and Blues albums um, just came out. And and for those people who don't know, you're the lead guitarist for White Snake. In fact, you're the longest serving member of White Snake, except for David Coverdale himself. That's true. Will we see new White Snake music or were the Red, White and Blue albums kind of the crowning achievement of the band oh god um i don't know david hasn't really talked about that with us so i don't know i just um, i really don't know what his plans are you know i know he's dying to get back out there again that's for sure um that record took a long time Um, i'm sure you know it was a learning experience too so if we did another record it wouldn't take as long um, but I mean, the guy's got a million ideas. All he does is write songs every day. He picks up a guitar and starts to sing. <laughs> you know, writes a song in like two seconds. And it always sounds like a show tune or something, you know, when he first sings it to you. But um, you, know, you have to have the foresight to be able to hear in your head what it, you know, the possibilities, what it could be with some rocking guitars, you know. So how long does that process usually take with you and he to write something and finish it? Oh, he's just bang, 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 bang. David is, you know, he's like a ball of energy. So he comes in and, you know, it's it's 10, 15 minutes tops. Oh, wow. And then he's, he's gone, you know? So it's up to you to, he plays you a, a verse bridge and a chorus. And then, you know, you take it from there. So what's, uh, is anything expire, inspiring or exciting you in music these days? Anything new? Um, you mean like new music? New music or something or, that's new to you? I just saw this thing that's kind of interesting, It's um, but it's kind of for gearheads. You know, they have this new box that everyone is using now called a reactive load box. And so you come out of your amp into this box and you go right into your board, you know, in your studio without going through speakers. And it simulates the sound of real speakers. And it's really close to the real thing. And, you know, the guys that, have, that I've talked to about are like, no, it's exactly the same. And I'm like, no, it's really close, but it's not exactly the same. 
you know, it's handy that you can use it in your apartment building and, you know, play as loud as you want in your headphones. Um, but, you know, I just was messing with it yesterday and it's, it's really close, but not exactly the same. So I'm still going to stick with using a mic, but, um, you know, other than that, I mean, I, I'm not really I'm getting a new guitar soon. That's exciting. Oh yeah. From who? Sir's going to do like their new red beach model, which has always been available, but this one's a little bit different. Um, but it's kind of my signature thing, which is, you know, a Koa guitar, um, which I started playing on the headed for heartbreak video way back when I just love Koa. And, um, so that's always kind of been my signature guitar and they're releasing a new one. Do you know when that'll be out? I don't. They're slow over it, sir. They're, they're like Kip Winger. It has to be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure a lot of people will be waiting for that uh, new Red Beach signature model. Well, thanks, Pariah. Anything else you'd like to talk about? Any um, any other projects you've got going? Any you know side things that you might be coming up with? I know you said you're pretty busy between Winger and Whitesnake. Yeah, no, um, you know, Black Swan did really well for Frontiers. And uh, I don't think I've ever had so many great comments on a project that I've done. I mean, everybody called me and texted me and Facebooked me like, I love Black Swan. It's so awesome. It reminds me of the 80s. And, you know, Robin McCauley has this killer voice. And, um, and Jeff's another kind of Kip Winger guy that, you know, is really good at arranging and composing. And so you know, I went in there with a million riffs that Kip didn't want, and we wrote the whole album in 10 days. So um, Jeff called me yesterday and wants me out there to do Black Swan 2. So I'm going to be going, I'm sure, in the next month or so to do that, probably right after I get done with doing solos at Kip's. And then, um, you know, after doing this instrumental record that I always wanted to release people are asking for another album with me singing like my 2003 release masquerade, which was a really good record that I'm super proud of. It was the hardest thing I ever did. And, uh, so I've got a bunch of ideas for that. And I just started, I bought a brand new studio and I'm just recording the first song now for masquerade too. Oh, and when will we see that? Do you know? Oh God, I'm just starting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll probably be next year. Okay. But I do have a lot more free time. I mean, Winger, we've got like 14 gigs for the rest of the year as it stands, you know? So I'm going to have way more free time than I'm used to having to write. So it's kind of a silver lining to the pandemic. Oh, you're going to see so many records from artists coming out now. You know, that's what everyone was doing was writing these artists that tour constantly are not used to having this much time and everyone's got a home studio now. So everyone I know is writing their asses off. I've been seeing some of that appearing and a lot of artists have started doing uh, either singles only or little EPs to, you know, try and, you know, get something out during the pandemic and express themselves. And I'm expecting just a flood in the next six months or so of everything that was yeah. written last year. Oh, for sure. So, which is going to be great for listeners. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, people still want the live thing. 
you know, I mean, Winger, Winger did a show a few weeks ago in Kentucky and uh, it sure was nice to be back up on stage again. I mean, they, they put all the chairs kind of far away from each other. Um, and you know, some people adhered to it and other people didn't, but it was great to be playing live again. Um, that's where I belong. You know, I'm a, I'm a road dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I can't wait until it opens up completely, you know, safely, obviously, but you know, then everybody can get back out there playing. And I mean, there's, there's jokes, you know, if there's a polka band playing near me, I'll go to see them just because I want live music. (laughs) Anything. Right. (laughs) Banjo concert. Yeah. Um, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got a couple friends of mine are doing a thing called stage it. It's like stage it.com where you can put on a show and people just donate, you know, anything, five bucks just to see you play for an hour. And I was thinking of doing that and playing some of the songs from my new album. We'll see. I mean, Winger's still booking, so I'm hoping that we're going to get more shows as, you know, people get vaccinated. I just got vaccinated and uh, didn't get sick at all. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, I'm pretty much most of the people I know now are vaccinated. Yeah. Um, I am. And then most of the people I know here in Oregon are, I'm in the, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, beautiful. So it's getting around. And I think that might be like the badge of entry to concerts in the future is, you know, here's my vaccination card. You know, let me go oh, to my God. seat. It's so freaking science fiction. Who would have thought, you know, two years ago, I know that this would be the case. Well, and it's funny because we've had, you know, science fiction movies and books since what the fifties, all about a pandemic, you know, with half of the things that are really happening. <laughs> and then we're blindsided yeah. by the real thing. We're like, wait, I thought it was going to be aliens first. No, it's the virus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. it's the virus. Uh, it definitely uh, is a bummer. But it really came out of nowhere. I was going to have the year of doom. I was going to make more money than I'd made in a very, very long time. I mean, I was booked solid all year. And then, you know, and I was in Singapore (laughs) at the time, you know, tours canceled the rest of the year. What? Oh, my God. So, you know, thank God for guitar lessons. (laughs) Well, that's good. That's keeping you afloat. Yeah. You didn't get stuck in Singapore when they stopped the flights, did you? Nope, they let us right in. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So you told me about Stage It. What about your websites? Where can people find you? Where can they sign up for lessons? Just lessons. You can just email me at officialredbeach at gmail.com. And my website is completely, you know, I need to retool it. It's, it's, I haven't been there in ages. It's all Facebook now. So you have a Facebook thing if you want to join that. I'm terrible at, you know, self-promotion. All right. Well, thank you very much, Reb. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me um, and to fill us in on what you're working on with Winger and Whitesnake and the second Black Swan album and your new upcoming eventual uh, (laughs) follow-up to Masquerade. Yeah. uh, And the lessons and everything. So, you know, it sounds like you have just tons of free time. That's me being sarcastic. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, no, not not really. I definitely have things coming up for sure.
I'm glad to hear that. So thank you again, and uh, good luck with everything you're working on. Thanks, Pariah. It was great talking to you. Keep hard, heavy, and hair commercial-free by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash pariah rocks. Remember, to hear the music discussed in this interview, stream the on-demand Hard Heavy and Hair show at pariahrocks.com. That's P-A-R-I-8-H-R-O-C-K-S dot com. Also hit pariahrocks.com to stream or listen on a radio station near you. The regular two-hour Hard Heavy and Hair show with me, Pariah Burke. Hard Heavy and Hair is your weekly dose of hard rock, heavy metal, and hair bands from the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 20-teens, and today, including the latest new releases, your old favorites, and deep cuts and rare hair, along with rock news and trivia. This has been a Pariah Burke production, copyright 2021, pariahrocks.com. The home of hard, heavy, and hair. Send requests, fan mail, and nude photos to hard, heavy, and hair on pariahrocks.com. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at pariahrocks. Pariah